Amen. Welcome, everybody. So thankful that you're here. I do love our Sunday gatherings. My goodness. All right, this month of August, we have been talking about the guarantee of God's love in Christ Jesus. His love for every human being in Christ Jesus has no conditions. It has no exclusions. It has no limitations. It is literally an unmatched guarantee. Now, most of you are probably too young to remember the commercials put out by Maytag Appliance Company back in the 60s and 70s. It featured a Maytag repairman as a lonely old man who hung around in a dusty 1950s style repair shop. He was bored. He was reading magazines. He was unable to stay awake because Maytag appliances were so reliable. That was the commercial. That was the ad. The appliances rarely, if ever, needed repair, so the repairman spent his days passing the time with nothing to do. The truth is, appliances, no matter the brand, will need repair now and again. But have you ever wondered about the type of guarantee that was given with the purchase of an appliance. Oh, you have. Well, I'm glad you have because I just happen to have one in front of me. It's in the fine print. After the warranty of a Maytag appliance, which is pretty general, there was, if you read farther down in the very, very, very small font, you would see a section entitled Exclusions and, Exclusions and Limitations. This is what it says. Exclusions and Limitations. This contract does not cover service for replacement of light bulbs, plastic, porcelain, or enamel parts, exterior or interior finishes, knobs, dials, or handles, trim and or appearance parts or external accessory items such as water or electrical connections and venting equipment. This contract does not cover service or replacements made necessary by any external causing cause, including without limitation, rust, corrosion, fire, theft, acts of nature, negligence, misuse, abuse, altercation, installation, delivery, unauthorized repairs, power failure, or shortage. In no event shall Maytag Appliance Sales Company be responsible for consequences or incidental damages, including food loss, <laughs> or damages due to delays or failure in furnishing parts or service for any, for any reason beyond our control, including, without limitation, strikes and or labor shortages, act of nature, failure of transportation, inability to secure fuel, goods, supplies, or power at current prices, or on account of shortages thereof. Dude! <laughs> Man! I mean, a warranty or guarantee with so many exclusions and limitations, well, that's not very reassuring. I mean, they got out of everything, even food that goes to the washer. You mean they're not going to replace the food that my little one puts in their pocket? Come on now, what's the matter with them? But we find the exact opposite in Romans chapter 8. When it comes to God's love in Christ Jesus, God goes above and beyond to make sure we understand that his love is without fail. Let's look again at our base text for this series. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation 
will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There's nothing too high nor anything too low where God's love for the human being in Christ cannot be found. Now, your varied translations and paraphrases say as much. They say things like powers above or below, nothing above us or below us, neither the world above nor the world below, high or low, sky above or earth below. And I love this progression. Look again at the NIV, starting with verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No. In all of these things, we're more the conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation. <laughs> it's almost as though Paul is saying, okay, just in case I lift anything out, just in case one thing slips through the cracks, anything God's ever made it. Did I say mated? Anything God's ever made. God, God did make one time and it was his son, so that's a good thing. But I'm, I'm trying to say just made. Anything that God has made cannot separate us from him. God's love in Christ Jesus is inseparable from the human being. Now, these Greek words, height and depth, very interesting words. They're technical terms for astrology. Isn't that neat? So we're talking about the powers behind the moons and the planets and the stars and the galaxies. That's the reference. That's what they would have read when they heard those words, height nor depth. Nothing in the expanse of space can sever the children of God from their Father's love secured to them in Christ. Another commentator, the inseparable nature of God's love moves into the universe, including every possible factor, earthly or cosmic. Another commentator, commentary, nothing God has made can obstruct his purposes of love toward humanity. Another commentary, the human security in God's love in Jesus cannot and will not ever be shaken. I mean, can't. What is it going to take? What is it going to take for you to finally believe, you know, there is really nothing I can do to make God love me more. There's nothing I can do to make God love me less. I can't behave in a certain way that makes God say, ooh, I'm changing my mind on this guy. I think I'm going to start showing him a little love. No, it's never that way because his love for you in Christ Jesus is based on who he is, not on who we are. And if you think that gives you a free ticket to live whoever or however you want, you're misunderstanding this altogether. You're misunderstanding this unconditional love of God. Because if you start getting a hold of this, it changes the way you look at life. You're going to want to be different because of where you're going, because of what he's done to get you there. It's just new. This whole concept of separation did you know that's not even a part of God's nature? No. We experience it because of our consequence of sin. Think about it. When separation happens in a relationship, there's a brokenness, a gap in trust, a gap in loyalty, a gap in selflessness. 
And that gap can only be bridged with forgiveness and love. Think about a soldier that's deployed and is separated from his loved one. It brings pain and longing that they might be back together. And at times, the couple might face the possibility of that war actually separating them from their love for each other. Our most painful separation is either death or divorce. In death, the loved one is ripped from us in life, and in divorce, the loved one is ripped from us in rejection. Both carry tremendous pain. But, but, every painful separation that we go through here on earth will one day be no more. No more. Separation is a earthly, temporary commodity. In God's kingdom, separation doesn't exist. In God's kingdom, there is never a goodbye a see you later. In God's kingdom, there are no time restraints. There are no time confinements. Now, I know we can't fully understand that, but we can believe it. We can be believe it. Let me give you an example. Some of you in this room have entered into this wonderful wonderland called grandparenthood. That's a good land. When your kids have kids, your life goes into another dimension. It just does. It's just different. You can't really explain it or experience it until it happens. Now, when you go to the hospital for the first time to see that little one, all bundled up in its mother's arms, it's a magical moment for sure, but there's only one thing that supersedes that. It's when that little one first opens its eyes and you catch. You just look right into that little being. It's like, oh, it's alive. <laughs> it's a weird experience, but they open. And then growth happens. In other words, there are words. And there's a name. You remember grandparent, grandparent, when that, when that little one first called you by name? And you can call their name and they respond. And then you have these shared life experiences that just start cataloging in the files of your memory. There's something that happens as you grow closer to this little grand one. There becomes a determination inside of you that never will I ever be separated from this one permanently in this life or the next. Never. I will do whatever it is. I'll, I'll deliver my body to be burned. Whatever it takes, I must not be separated from this. Now, if this is the way you and I feel toward our grandchildren, toward our children, and we are fallen, sinful, broken people, how? How must God, this perfect, holy, sinless, loving being, feel toward his children? Well, that's why all the scripture is just paved with one good word of how he feels toward you after another. You know what? Some of you need to be reminded. Some of you, some of you have forgotten how God really looks at you. Some of you think, oh, it's just a Jesus thing. And I know the chosen has been an incredible blessing for all of us. And if you haven't seen it, you should see it probably eight or nine times. 
But there are things all through the old account, the old covenant, that just cracked the door open on this. Look, here's one. This is from Exodus. God speaking through Moses. God says to the people, you, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples. For all the earth is mine, but you, you're my treasure. Okay, here's another one from Malachi. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, in the day when I make up my treasured possession. Are you getting the idea here? You're the treasure. As far as God is concerned, you're the treasure. Here's another one, Jeremiah. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. I chose you before I even knit you together. Oh, mom and dad did their thing, but when I was really starting to make this thing work between that sperm and that egg, I'm the one. I consecrated you from the start. Look at this one from Isaiah. says, you talk about cracking the door on how God feels towards you. Look at this one. Can a woman forget her nursing child that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Are you, are you saying a woman can actually forget this little one that's suckling at her breast? Could she? Of course a mom couldn't forget that. Look what God says. Even these, even a mom may forget, yet I will never forget you. Behold, I've engraved you on the palms of my hands. Here's another one from Isaiah. You shall be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. Are you starting to see here? One more. This is my favorite one of all of them. This is Isaiah. Well, let's see. What chapter is this? This is chapter 46. God says, listen to me. All who have been born by me from before your birth, carried from the womb, even to your old age, God says, I am he. And to gray hairs, I carry you. I have made, and I will bear. I will carry, and will save. <laughs> That's how God feels toward That's how God feels toward us. You talk about a prized possession the crowned jewel of his vast creation. We are so loved and wanted by him that God actually let a part be introduced into his existence that had never existed before. And it'll take eternity for us to understand the full ramification of what happened right here. Let me, let me tell you. When Jesus cried... My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Where have you gone? Why have you let go of me? Why, why have you abandoned me? Where are you? That's what he's saying. Why have you forsaken me? He cried that because there was in heaven, between God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, this incredible kingdom where separation does not exist, there was introduced a separation. Jesus was separated from God for one reason. So that his prized possession and crown jewel would never have to go through it. That's why separation was introduced into the Trinity. 
so we would never be separated from him. God took away a part of himself so that we would never be apart or away from him. Now, many of you still have that vivid, haunting image still burned in your mind from February the 15th, 2017. That was a darkness, wasn't it? 21 Egyptian Christians were martyred on a beach in Libya in North Africa by Islamic State terrorists. These Christian hostages were executed for no other reason than for their faith in Jesus Christ. And as horrendous as this episode was, it did point to something most inspirational. These 21 murdered that day were itinerant tradesmen working on a construction job. The executioners demanded that each hostage identify his religious allegiance. Given the opportunity to deny their faith, these Egyptians declared their faith in Jesus as their Lord, steadfast in their conviction, even in the face of evil and certain death, each one was beheaded. However, one man of the 21 was not from Egypt. Did you get this? Six years ago, did you get this? It's worth remembering again if you didn't get this. Yeah, one. One was not identified as coming from Egypt, but from another unknown African country. It's not known to this day. According to some sources, he was not originally a Christian. But he saw the immense faith of those other 20. So when the terrorists asked him if he would reject Jesus, do you know what reportedly he said? Their God is my God. Their God is my God. Seeing that, knowing he would be killed, and Bishop Demetrius wrote, in that moment before his death, he became a Christian. Now, I, I don't know how to explain all of this, but that sounds like another thief on the cross story to me, doesn't it to you? But did separation have the last word that day on that beach six years ago? <laughs> oh, no. 21 men went to paradise that day. Let's end this series with something from Spurgeon. Look at the screen. Nothing shall ever Separate us from the love of Christ. Oh, what a sweet persuasion is this. Let us go forward into the future, however dark it is, with this confidence that one thing at least we know, the love of Christ will hold us fast, and by his grace, we will hold fast to him. We are married to him, and we shall never be divorced. We are joined to him by a living, loving, 
lasting union that never shall be broken. In Christ, look at me. In Christ, you are inseparable to God's love. Inseparable. God, let this truth not just bounce off of our heads, but let it penetrate all the way to our hearts because we know this is the change. The Holy Spirit changes us from one degree of glory into another till we become more like you because of your love. Father, we love because you first loved us. Your refusal to leave us is our anchor. It's our hope. Let this truth dive deeply into our souls and let it change us. In Jesus' name, amen. Must be my favorite hymn. Let's stand. Let's sing.